All right, what's up, everybody? We have 10 minutes here with Mr. Adam Maxwell joining us to discuss what's the deal with bullpups. And in front of us here, uh, of course, we have Mark to my left as well, but in front of us, uh, we have two SBRs. Is that yes. what they are? Are yep. they pistols? They're, no, they're full-on SBRs. And then full we have SBRs. one Tavor bullpup, kind of the uh, one of the more classic bullpups or designs that you may think of when you think of this kind of a design. And first off, Adam, for those not familiar, what can we just give them a quick rundown on what even a bullpup is? So a bullpup is kind of an evolution on rifle technology that has stemmed from kind of military doctrine for the West and you know certainly the European countries stems out of fighting on the plains of Europe. But as we've gone through the Cold War and global politics and all that stuff, the wars that are going on have moved more towards mechanized wars and in tighter confined places, jungles and urban areas. Hmm. So full-size battle rifles, if you like, go back all the way to World War I, have started to condense down into intermediate cartridges and now intermediate length rifles. And so one of the ways that they've done that is just chop, condition you know existing designs into shorter barrel designs or the the idea with the bullpup was to take a completely blank sheet of paper and incorporate a full length barrel into a rifle that was physically smaller mm -hmm. so and they did that by moving the action back basically underneath your face um, yes. inside the stock yep so the operating system has moved as far back in the chassis as it could possibly be to make room for or to uh, allow the barrel to sit deeper into the receiver, and then they've moved the controls further forward. So when you hold on to them, they still, they still feel similar, or at least your hands are in the same place, but um, the actual parts are in, in different locations. Mm -hmm. So that's the general concept behind a bullpup, is short rifle length or short rifle package with a full length. With a full length barrel. So you're getting kind of, I guess, you know, all the... You're maximizing the performance of the cartridge mm -hmm. with the full-length barrel, yep. but you got that short package. Yep. So, and I guess between the two here, like you said, the operating parts or whatever, they're behind the trigger group. Yes. In the bullpup. Yep. And then on these SBRs, mm -hmm. it's in front. Right. Now, explain pro, that a pros little. and cons. Pros and cons. Uh, pros. The main pro of of a Bullpup is that full-length barrel, so you have better terminal ballistics mm -hmm. at greater distances. So you have full performance on your cartridge to several hundred yards. Whereas on a shorter barrel rifle, you know, we're taking a cartridge that was, you know, in the case of 5.56, we're taking a cartridge that was designed for a 20-inch barrel. We're now down to, in the case of the Mark 18, which is what's used in, in the U.S. inventory, it's 10.3 inches. Mm -hmm. So we've given up several hundred feet per second, which... In a lot of applications of this, doesn't matter a whole lot, but it is putting it into a specialized role. So, okay. so maintaining velocity is the advantage. The disadvantage to them is many because we've started to have to mechanically compromise how things work in here to get the controls where we want them, i.e., yeah. in, in an AR-type system, the trigger is right next to where the hammer is, so there's yeah. not a linkage there. Whereas here, the the trigger is way up here, and we need to connect this mechanically to something that's back here. Yeah, and what you as you kind of trace that out with your hand, you realize that the mechanism is almost that the linkage has to go back is almost a foot. Right, just yep. about. And, and that's so where, like you know, when you 
buy a really premium rifle, you're probably, one of the things you're buying is a really good trigger, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that is all, you know, the, the amount of distance that mechanism has to cover is all kinds of opportunity for flex okay. or creep or things of that nature mm-hmm. that are undesirable characteristics in a trigger. Now that's a lot more challenging to get a, you know, a bolt gun or an AR-like trigger in a bullpup. It's very challenging to do. Some, some, they're approaching it now. Yeah. Okay. Very early designs like the AUG were not even close. That's yeah. what I was going to ask. Has anybody kind of overcome that? Um, getting closer. And certainly the, the more recent evolutions of the Tavor are getting, okay. getting much better. It's a very, this one in front of us, I was, I, you know, doing the old dry firing and whatnot. It's a very Glock-like trigger feel. Yes. It feels like a little okay. bit of mush, but then you have a nice, solid yep. click. A little bit heavy, but not a huge, I mean, it, it's just sort of, it feels like you're pulling a Glock trigger. Right. Or right. in uh, in some of the early versions or the military versions of the AUG, um, that characteristic of it actually served as the selector between semi-auto and full-auto. You could oh. half pull the trigger for semi-auto, or you could pull it all the way, and it was full auto. There was oh, no, seriously. there was no selector switch like you see on a lot of designs. Huh. In the in the early uh, versions of the AUG that were, I believe it was the Swiss that adopted it. It it was just safe and fire, and then how far you pulled the trigger was was what mode you went into. This is my safety. This is my just yeah, like this really is my full <laughs> auto. Uh, that's interesting. I wonder if there that were is. any uh, ever um, unintended full auto bursts. I would have to think. You have to imagine. I'm sure only about half as many were recorded. Now, another thing that happens with these is that you have people that are lefties, for example. They get a little bit bent out of shape out of the fact that, you know, if you're a lefty, the cartridges may seem to be ejecting directly in front of your face or even possibly into your chin Mm -hmm. or something along those lines. Now, they kind of make them able to be, quote, ambi, where you can change what side of the rifle the the um, case ejects from, mm-hmm. right? Most of the time? Sometimes, yeah. Some designs have, have catered to that. I would say that's probably one of the bigger reasons or one of the bigger roadblocks to these being adopted more mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly in the U.S. Was, is that criticism. And some of the things they do to address that make it more mechanically complicated, which lends them to, to mechanical you know issues or malfunctions. Malfunctions right. are harder to clear, but like uh, Desert Tech, another one of our, our industry friends, they have a design where they essentially have a like it's a right shoot oh. almost. So instead of the ejection port just being open like we would traditionally be used to, they almost mm-hmm. have like almost like a, a casing hallway. If oh you will. yeah, I see, and it, and it kicks it out, out forward. Oh sure. Yeah. yeah. Well then, correct me if I'm wrong, but are there some versions that actually eject out the bottom? As yes. well. Yep. Oh yeah. Um, Doesn't um Keltec at the RDB and the yep. RFB? Yeah. Yep. They they shoot their cases out either the bottom or the front. Yep. Yep. Uh, FN also has the uh, P90. Yeah. Also does the the same straight concept. out the bottom. Mm-hmm. P90 is a very very interesting. Yeah. Is that a bolt? That is a bolt pup. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I would say it's probably one of the more successful designs mm-hmm. traditionally. Mm-hmm. So what about what about weight balance and muzzle jump? Because these rifles, I mean, they're constructed wildly. Differently, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, these ones definitely have the more traditional rifle has more weight out front. These yep. ones have more weight back inside mm-hmm. your shoulder, like inside of where your hand meets up with the trigger. All the weight's kind of between you and your, that and your chest. Yep. Yeah. Balance and, and is vastly different between them uh, again because all that weight is kind of in the pocket of your shoulder, and then you don't have as much out front. You can basically shoot it one handed. You can. I mean, 
You yeah. can. It's just a little bit different. The manual of arms is different because the magazines, you're almost shoving magazines in your armpit. Yeah. Instead of out by your hands where you're used to, kind of like a pistol. Okay. And so, that yeah. bolt catches back there underneath your yep. armpit, Controls too. Controls are t- generally different, which some people mark as a criticism. Really, it's just a you know a familiarity thing. I do okay. like the fact that on these ones now, the mag release has moved forward yes. up by your your index finger, your trigger yep. finger. It used to be, I remember that it was back there by the armpit yeah. again. It was not always. A lot Man, of the like action be, was happening yep. kind of like... I mean, like putting deodorant on, basically. Yep. If you're really good, good and quick at putting deodorant on, you're probably super, yes. pretty good at bullpups. Well, I'd and say. if I'm in a firefight, I'm probably going to need some deodorant. <laughs> a lot of Just people kind of new pants seem to continue on with the SBR route, like the the classic. Um, well, actually, you have a you have um oh what is that in front of us? It's a Galil. Yeah, we got the Galil with the folding stock. So these are kind of some of the some of the other solutions to this. Uh, how do we make rifles smaller? How do we get them to, to fit inside of a backpack type thing? You know, we started folding the stocks to get them mm-hmm. in there, a more conventional style. Or they just started making bullpups, and a bullpup can still fit. Oh, wow. That's actually pretty inside. impressive because that's a 16-inch barrel. Right. So for some of the, like, uh, especially some of our customers on the clandestine side of the house, these are the kind of things they're interested in. So they're using these weapon systems that are a bit more compact for discrete carry or um, primarily used around vehicles, in and out of vehicles, executive oh, protection, right. things like that. Um, yeah, I'd imagine. So you gotta you gotta have a suit and a rifle. That's where this stuff kind of comes into play. So gotcha. Evolution or modification of existing designs, we generally have to do something with the stock or the operating system. So the bullpup concept was to completely redesign the operating system to fit within a certain mm-hmm. size, almost like a carry-on bag on an airplane. So what are your thoughts? Are you, in certain cases, going, you see the bullpup as being like, this is a definite go-to in certain cases as we as we sort of go a little bit over 10 minutes here? Uh, or, I don't know, totally personal opinion. What are your thoughts? I see the concept. Um, I think they're they're interesting as, as a student of, of small arms. Uh, I'm personally not a fan. I don't really own any. I'm not afraid to register SBRs and, and go that route. Um, so that tends to be where I go, but there there are significant numbers of people who don't want to go through that process, certainly on the civilian side. So if you want something this size for those applications that we talked about, or um, you know people like the truck guns and things like that, mm-hmm. if you need something like that, but you just the NFA process is a hard stop for you, the the bullpups are definitely worth a look, and uh, I would say they've come a long way to that they're. There are some pretty viable options right now. Where some mm-hmm. of the earlier ones were pretty crude. Mm-hmm. How about bullpup versus AR pistol? Oh, that's a loaded question because I don't like the pistols. I mean, if I'm going to do these, I generally do. I generally do the rifle. What don't you like about the pistol? Well, I mean, it's not a stock. I mean, the, we don't put we don't put pistol braces on full length rifles for all the reason they're not solid. It's kind of they, a tweener. Yeah, it's a, it's a tweener. So okay. if I'm gonna, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it all the way. Uh, or not at all. So. Go big or go home. I got one more thing to keep us going longer, Jim. Why not? One thing we haven't chatted about are bullpup bolt rifles. Are the advantages? Are the is the reasoning behind a bullpup style bolt gun the same? Just size yes. and full yep. barrel. Yep. And I would okay. say maybe even you're going to see more prolific designs of bolt guns again because they're trying to put sniper capability into clandestine or concealable okay. applications. So certainly uh, private security contractors and intelligence-type people 
they tend to have those kinds of things, and they're okay. a pretty big market for them. There's actually there's some pretty exciting designs getting developed right now Neat. on that kind of stuff. So, Ooh, maybe a teaser for something know, else. Right? Talk about. All right, well, with that said, let's send this one off. Let us know what you think about bull pups, or if you own one and have any little tips, tricks, or thoughts on them. Let us know. Hit us up on Instagram, wherever else. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Yep, thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye.